0: This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went, and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. Hello, Simple Passive flow listeners. Today, we are going to talk about student loan forgiveness programs. How do you pay off your student loans the best way? A lot of us, unfortunately or fortunately, went to college for way too long. And I saddled with all this student loan debt. Now, I, am, I was born in the 1980s, and I was lucky enough to have a good job, and I paid mine's all off personally. But some of you kids out there, man, I feel sorry for you guys because it's a, several hundred thousand dollars at least, especially a lot of you dentist guys and doctor guys out there. So this podcast is going to be for you. We have Jan Miller, who is a student loan consultant, and we're going to be all talking all about student loan tips and tricks, how do you pay it off, what's the best way. Jan, why don't you give us some background on how you got started doing all this?
1: Yeah, sure. I actually started working directly for several different loan servicers back in 1997. I worked for Nelnet and Fed Loan Servicing and also worked on the private side for Discover Financial and Citibank and saw the uh, student loan world from every point of view. I worked in 11 different departments during that time. My career eventually went into the brokerage industry. I was an investment advisor at Morgan Stanley, uh, a financial planner and advisor there, but all the while helping people on the side with student loans. Everybody I knew, my dentist, my brother-in-law, whoever, they all had student loan debt. And uh, so I would help and eventually started helping people on a more professional level while I was working at Morgan Stanley, not for Morgan Stanley, but on the side. And eventually the demand got so big that I retired from Morgan Stanley in 2010 and made it my sole focus. I've been an advocate for borrowers for student loans since for the last 20, some 22, 23 years. And I've been at a professional capacity doing it as my sole focus since 2010. And uh, yeah, I've just been helping borrowers manage it using my financial background, understanding in conjunction with the student loan expertise and knowledge of how the system works, both from administrative level all the way up through the regulatory level, as well as just the practical level of how to apply that to your student loan repayments. That's what I've been doing for the last decade. A
0: little bit of backstory here. Why are we talking about this subject? I was asking you guys in the community, if you guys want to join our Facebook group, let me know. I will add you to that private group. What are the problems you guys are facing out there as high-paid professionals looking to invest your money and This this definitely came up as one of them. I always ask you guys, who are you working with right out there? That's the power of our community. And if you want to join the group, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash club. Or if you want to join the inner circle, that's what the incubator and the mastermind are for. Your name came up, Jan. got to admit a couple other guys' names came up too, but I didn't want to work with them because they wouldn't return my phone call. I want to talk to the principal, right? (laughs) Like I don't, there's a lot of people who do this. If you Google it, there's a lot of people that spend a lot of paid advertising on this stuff and have very pretty websites. Not saying yours isn't good, Jan. Look, <laughs> this is just my brand. This is a simple passive flow brand. I always go off of value, right? Like I'm not going to go to a CPA that charges me 10, 30 grand to do my taxes. That's ridiculous. Nor am I going to go to like H&R Block or do it on TurboTaxes, for goodness sake. I'm looking for value. And I think Jan fits this this category here of somebody who offers a very good service and charges a fair price for it. Why don't you Let's go over like a typical client, because I think the one we were talking about earlier, and what is it exactly that you do with
1: them? Again, if you're going to hire me and to justify my fees, I'm going to need to provide a pretty significant return on investment, of course. So, as a result, and because of my background, the majority of my clients are professionals who have. Six figure debt. Once your debt rises above one and two hundred thousand and so forth, every decision you make impacts your total cost of that repayment by huge factors, tens and tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars between the two. When that happens, to make sure that you get the best repayment experience, you often will reach out to a borrower, reach out to an expert. And again, one of the ways that I run my business is I'm looking out for the borrower. So I'm going to design a plan or repayment strategy that's best for them, not best for the actual loan servicer or lender. When you see advertisements for SoFi, they're going to obviously want you to refinance that loan. But a majority of the time, that's not the best option for the borrower. Just because you can get a lower interest rate doesn't mean it's the best solution for you. And uh, we need to evaluate all of those solutions and make sure they make sense with your financial objectives. So my job is to look at all of the
0: variables. What are those techniques? if you can? I, I know you mentioned there were like three of them. You can go through them one by one. And
1: there are basically four major repayment solutions. There's private student loan refinance with a private lender, where basically you forfeit all your federal program benefits and you refinance at hopefully a better interest rate. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense doing it. But of course, you may have a higher payment because it's a shorter term. Typically, lenders will offer you a lower interest rate, but they'll, on the condition that you can afford the payment, that will create a seven or 10 or 12 or 15 year term instead of the 25 year term, sometimes associated with student loans. And there's also, if you work for a nonprofit, of course, public service loan forgiveness is its own juggernaut is very nuanced and complicated and understanding how that program works and whether it's worth pursuing and it's reliability. Those are all issues that come up. That would be the second one. The third thing would be to, if you don't qualify for the nonprofit forgiveness through public service loan forgiveness or government agency work, then you can also, in some circumstances, it makes sense to do the income-driven plans, which are either 20 or 25 years long all the way through to the end until you receive the forgiveness there. Or another solution would be the fourth option would be a payment targeting or unorthodox method, putting some of the loans at a zero payment and accelerating your payments on higher rate loans, that type of thing, or making your student loan repayment work around your other debt or other financial obligations. There can sometimes be a mixture of several different of those strategies at once, but refinance, public service loan forgiveness, income-driven plans, and Payment targeting are the four major solutions, and then how to incorporate that into your own financial objectives is, of course, the more complicated part.
0: And then, of course, for a lot of us that where time is more valuable than money, you guys do all the paperwork and just tell me where to. Yeah, start. help
1: with execution. It's not just hey, and this is what I found early on I'm doing this for twenty three years now. I can tell you how to do it, and about half the people I talk to, especially physicians, where they all they educate themselves on how it works, so they have an understanding. They talk to all the other residents and they have an idea of of how to enroll in the program and so forth. They don't need help with that. They just need the the finer details worked out and then they can do it on their own. The other half of the time, it's just too much of a mess for them to deal with and they want to hire somebody to help them not only know what to do, but the execution, how to do it and help doing it. So I can prepare and submit all the paperwork for them so that the only thing they need to do are make payments and I'll take care of everything else. And they'll always be able to contact me and, and uh, talk with me if they need to. It depends on where you, what your needs are. A lot of people would prefer to have hand-holding through the whole process.
0: Before we dig into this more, my full philosophy on people come to me, should I pay off my student debt? Yeah, you shouldn't, right? You should invest. That's why if we're living this simple passive cash flow thing, so we can make returns at 10, 20, possibly 30% mm-hmm. in a turnkey rental. Go look at the rate of return you can make at com slash returns. Where I break down a simple just turnkey rental, how you're making money four ways, mortgage pay down, tax benefits, appreciation of property, which I guess you could say that's getting lucky, and then of course cash flow. Okay, we're gonna pay off the, the debt as slow as we can, so to optimize our liquidity going to our investments. But how do we do this smart with these other strategies? Cash
1: flow is the hidden gem in the income driven and forgiveness programs that a lot of people don't significantly pay attention to. If you refinance your loan, let's say you have $500,000 in debt at 7%, and if you refinance that loan, you're looking at a five dollars or $6,000 a month payment, even if your interest rate is cut in half. That's going to eat up a lot of your cash flow each month. You may not even be able to afford that or want to afford it. Do you have family? What other obligations do you have? What's your cost of living? Do you live in San Francisco or in? rural Alabama. These all factor in the decision making, but the cash flow is huge. You can use that for other financial objectives, especially like with my dentists who usually don't work for nonprofits, massive debt, all the way up to a million dollars in debt. And they'll tell me, Jan, if I can lower this payment, I can use the extra cash flow to build my business, build practices and expand my business so that my return investment might double every month when that circumstance, which for extreme certain situations, it doesn't make sense to accelerate a payment on an 8% loan or refinance it and save a little bit of interest when you can benefit so much from investing that extra cash flow. Those are all considerations for sure.
0: We work with hardworking professionals looking to opt out of investments for the clueless. I mean, mainstream investing. We work with people, we have a direct relationship while enjoying higher returns and a quicker path to financial freedom. I personally move my endorsement from turnkey rentals to syndications as my net worth has grown. However, the downside of many of these deals is that you need at least $50,000 to invest and the frequency of deals that meet my criteria is sporadic. Check out my article at simplepassatcashflow.com slash OFUND and learn how I always have cash on hand by using the American Home Preservation Fund as part of this one-two punch to be ready for a great deal while still making a double-digit return. I have been investing in AHP since 2016. AHP is a crowdfunding solution to the mortgage crisis in America, where collectively, the fund and investors, like you, pull their money together and get great bulk discounts on distressed mortgages. It's a business model that I think gets stronger should a bump in the economy come, because this is where there will be even more distressed inventory for HP to purchase. The American Home Preservation Fund aims to keep people in their homes so you can make a 10% return while making a positive social impact. Invest in as little as $100 by going to ahpservicing.com slash investors. And if you want the free Burn Zone book and learn about George Newberry's story, please send me an email at lane at simplepassacashflow.com. I like to buy stuff. Well, that's a liability. That's why I started this podcast. There's so much bad financial advice out there. Pay down your debts. It depends, right? If you're bad at your handling your money you and yeah. just spend it on like a bozo, then yeah, you should go pay off your debts. But if you're a responsible person, I think most people that are you know listening to podcasts, educating themselves... Let me fall on the other side of the coin on this and check out my article about debt at simplepassacashflow.com slash debt. But yeah, I, I, to me, the best strategy is pay down these student loans or your mortgages as slow as possible because it's a pretty low interest rate and invest the money otherwise. Basically, interest rate arbitration, right? Just what the banks do. They lend out at this rate and they go invest in this much and they make money in the spread. It's not your responsible, your grandma, your grandpa, your mom, your dad probably thought otherwise, but hey man, if you want to get what other people don't, you got to do different things, right?
1: Yeah. And even the psychology of the borrower comes into play. Some people can't psychologically watch their balance grow when they're paying less than the amount of interest it's growing each month. And they'll say to me, Jan, I know what you're saying. I'll save hundreds of thousands uh, doing the income driven plans or what have you. I just can't watch grow. Okay, that's fine. As long as you're making an informed decision. But that's a part of it. And again, every situation is a snowflake. I I always tell people, if you hear a one-size-fits-all solution, it's wrong. Everybody's needs a very detailed assessment, especially when you have six-figure-plus debt, to determine what's the best solution for you. Do you qualify for the program? That doesn't necessarily mean you should do it. That has to be looked into.
0: And, and to add on to that, like even like investing in rental properties or syndications, for some of these younger dentists, like I tell them, you're an entrepreneur. Your liquidity and money mm-hmm. certainly shouldn't be going to paying off your student loans. And maybe it shouldn't even be going to investments, but putting mo- that money into marketing or into improving your operation as a dentist practice is probably your highest and best use. And it always comes back to it. What's your highest and best use for your time and also your money or liquidity in yeah. this case? Let's dig into this like this common one. Someone comes to me and they're like, this is someone who doesn't listen to podcasts, not simple passive cash flow. They're not investing. They're just investing in their normal retail investments, mutual funds. And they're like, oh, I, like look what I did. I consolidated all my loans through the SoFi company or whatnot. And it's it's a lower interest rate. It's a lower payment. How is that not a, a a losing situation? What are the negatives of just of going down, just blindly going to these websites? You see them all the time and just lowering your interest rate and lowering your monthly payments? What is the the side that we're not seeing here?
1: One of the first things I look at is if refinance makes sense for you. And if it does, it's a simple solution. You don't have to deal with all the federal regulations and programs and paperwork or hire somebody like me to help with that. You just pay it like a traditional loan because a refinance with a SoFi or Laurel Road or Common Bond or whatever, those companies, they'll call a student loan. Their product is a student loan, but really it's just a loan you owe a bank. It's just a personal loan. That's all it is and at whatever terms they give you. So you're going to forfeit all of your federal regulations and protections. You're going to, and the safety net that they provide, you're going to forfeit the flexibility that federal payment has. Once you agree to those terms, you know, unless you are able to refinance it in better terms later, you're stuck with them as long as it is at that company. I would say a majority of the time, the payment does not lower when you refinance. So even if you lower the interest rate, that does not ensure that your payment's going to be lower. In fact, the payment usually goes up because typically lenders will tell you I will give you a 3 point you know 0% fixed rate on a 7 year term if you are on a 25 year term before that or an income driven plan a more typical to student loan especially after cons- federal consolidation then your payment is going to go way up, despite the fact that you get a lower interest rate.
0: So Jan, my understanding of student loans is it's a government loan, and you're switching over to more of a, privacy, a private loan where you don't have those government protections. But I thought that it's everybody talks about how the forgiveness of student loans is not permissible right? Like a mortgage is, but what are some of those protections? If it's not for that, what protection is somebody giving up by making a deal with one of the private lenders? Like in this case,
1: with federal student loans, they cancel upon death immediately after loans. So if it's a federal loan, that's a a given a hundred percent of the time. If you're looking at a private loan, that might not necessarily
0: be the case. So the the devil's in the details, right? These guys Mm -hmm. might be signing on a lower interest rate and a lower payment, which is the same tricks that the car lenders use, but they may be signing up Mm -hmm. their kids and grandchildren or whatever to pay this debt off eventually. Yeah,
1: there's a little bit of a risk there. And then, of course, the flexibility. What if there's no guarantees? What if, for example, a crazy pandemic comes along and causes you to lose your job, and your income goes way down. If you have a private loan, you're gonna be very limited in, on what you can do to lower that payment. Uh,
0: with a federal loan, it's gonna be easy. You're so, gonna get re- billed up first, just like those of you guys with Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac loans, and you think you're all clever by getting these portfolio loans.
1: That is a huge safety net. I have, for example, I have a physician client who for over a decade, and she was in a car accident, and she can no longer operate. So now she's a uh, teacher. At a university, and her income has went down from three or four hundred thousand dollars a year to eighty thousand dollars a year. That changes her financial outlook and her strategy for repayment on her large student loan debt completely. Because her loans are still in the federal system, she had m- several options and manageable ones. But the private loans, uh, not necessarily, you may have to you pay or default. End the story, and you may have to do harsh things like negotiate settlements after you've defaulted. And uh, no one wants to do that.
0: Those are protections. A lot of my clients, they have like several hundred thousand dollars in their infinite banking, or they might have nice parents with deep pockets, like they're good. So they might as well do it and get the lower rate and they're good, right? It's in a way self-insuring themselves. Uh, Yeah, exactly.
1: If you've got the deep pockets and like, I'll tell my ER docs, and I'm just using, I have so many doctors as clients. ER docs usually work for contracting groups or physicians or hospitalist groups, and they don't directly work for the hospital. As a result, they don't qualify for public service loan forgiveness. Typically, they'll have three years of residency, and then they'll jump right in as an attending. And they'll have, usually their income is maybe 300 250 to 300 and their debt is 250 to 300 In which case, refinance makes more sense for them because the income-driven plans wouldn't really lower the payment that much anyways, and they might as well just accelerate the payment and pay it off. They can afford it. So when your debt-to-income is strong, then refinance is more often a solution, but... If you're upside down, which is very common, 80% of the people call me. They or don't cons- call
0: us, they have problems. <laughs> That's right. exactly like, I'm like
1: the mechanic for, for expensive cars and they, they come in with a problem and usually they owe more than they make. And because of that, the refinance is not as great greatest solution for
0: them in most cases in my search for this doing a little studying on this topic i don't have any student loans personally but just doing some research i found what this i don't know if this is a scam or whatnot but like some guys are like they found the company to create an llc for them that is set up as a non-profit so they can pay themselves via this non-profit so they can qualify for the 10-year student forgiveness thing have you heard of this thing what's your thoughts
1: yeah, and I've been asked over the years, Jan, I don't work for a nonprofit. What if I own my own nonprofit or I create a nonprofit? And technically, as long as it's structured so that you are an employee of that nonprofit, then you do that will technically qualify. It's interesting because not enough people have been eligible for forgiveness yet for to see how the auditing process works with those specific borrowers, but technically it is possible.
0: It's it's a risk though, right?
1: I think so. I always tell people, if you're going to do it anyways, sure, you might as well shoot for the forgiveness. But if you're going to open a non-profit just so you can get the forgiveness, then that's risky because you're opening yourself up. There's some gray areas in the regulations there in regards to owning your own nonprofit it could cause problems So when you actually apply for the forgiveness when they audit yeah, it.
0: And, and I've seen like to set one of these things up, it's not cheap. Definitely not something I personally recommend. If
1: you're your going to, if you're going to do it anyways, sure. But if you're doing it just for the student loan forgiveness, then it's probably not a great
0: It's just an example. There's so much random stuff out there in terms of the financial world. And yeah, it makes sense. People are always looking for the loopholes. To me, the intention is not there. That, that's why I'm like, yeah, that's a black hack tactic to me. I agree. Are there any other techniques that you think that people should know about That's maybe they wouldn't have known otherwise that you've been using for some of your clients?
1: I think that one of the biggest things is understanding a very complicated subject, whether or not to file separately or jointly to exclude the spouse's income, whether you need to do that. How your spouse, if you get married, is going to impact the program is a very complicated program because if your spouse has a significant income and doesn't have any student loan debt, then their income is going to increase your payment dramatically and might even disqualify you for the program. But if your spouse has student loan debt, then you can prorate the payment. The other thing is if you need to exclude your spouse's income, but your spouse has an S corp or something like that, where they have huge expense write-offs that that could be very costly to file separately, which is sometimes necessary to exclude the spouse's income. And then add into the fact, what if you live in a common property state, all these things make a massive difference in filing your taxes and how much the forgiveness program is going to benefit you and whether or not you should pursue it. If you are married or you're planning on getting married in the middle of one of the income driven or forgiveness programs, definitely find out all the nuances of of how that works and how it's going to apply to you. And probably, again, you want to talk to somebody like me to help you sort that out because it's complicated. But that's the first thing that I would say that you want to take into consideration.
0: Opening up a can of worms, because then I would say probably, like at least a lot of people in my mastermind group, the dentists, the doctors, that were just one single income, we're using that spouse to qualify for real estate professional status. We can use passive losses to offset active income. Yeah. Worms there. <laughs>
1: it is a can of worms. And that's I always tell people that uh, I should charge married couples five times as much as I can <laughs> charge individuals. Because I don't, but I should because their situation is always more complicated, especially when situations like that arise. And you got one situation where one spouse is qualifies for public service loan forgiveness and the other doesn't. So how do you file then? Whichever creates the largest payment or the most forgiveness, or you always want to look at total cost over time. It's everything's got to be evaluated. Got to crunch the numbers to really determine what the best solution is.
0: And, and that's not growing up. I used to be super cheap and try and do everything myself and trying to learn everything myself. And now all I do is I build up a network and I ask other people who've done this before who the heck. That they work with and then that's how I find guys like yourself here's a perfect example as we were talking earlier my wife's a teacher and she's been working like 10 years so I was like googling the public forgiveness thing I don't think she has that much loans maybe like 10 or 20 grand something definitely could pay it off but I want to do it smart but it's man what a pain I, I gotta do these forms I gotta learn about it and it's, like government stuff can't even figure out how like Far to stay apart from each other when you wear a mask when you don't i don't know it's just so confusing <laughs> and i'm getting to a point where i'm like all right time is more valuable than money pay the man get it done don't screw around my days of just trying to do this all by myself are over and i think if you're listening out there and you're making under 100 grand a year your net worth is under a quarter 1000000 That's what these podcasts are for. Everything's on my website for free. Go ahead and learn it by, by yourself. But that's why people sign up for the group coaching or services like this because time is more valuable than money. What is your highest and best use? For a lot of my guys, it's like just doing an extra surgery on the weekend, picking up an extra shift. Than screwing around with some burr buy rent rehab nonsense that a lot of the kids talk about all the time. I'm glad I found you because I don't want to do that paperwork. And if I can spend 500 bucks to just get it done, that's what I'm gonna do.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't blame you. You mentioned before there's a lot of resources out there, but there's a lot of debt relief agencies which were more like call centers. Yeah. And
0: they're really good at that whole content marketing internet nonsense where they yeah. just write bogus articles just to get the SEO, of the search engine optimization. It's, they're not student
1: loan experts, I have to tell you. They have a business model and a lot of them want to slam you in income-driven plans or they're not really looking out for what's best for you individually. They're looking to sell a model on how they can lower your payment or what have you. And uh, I always tell people, if you're vetting student loan experts to get help, number one, have they worked in the industry? Number two, do they have actual real financial credentials? And number three, when you talk with them, you can always tell when somebody knows what the heck they're talking about. Are they trying to sell you on something or is it more like a meeting you're having with a financial planner or accountant? What it should more resemble? Somebody who has your best interests in mind and is not trying to sell you products. I don't sell people insurance or try and get people into an annuity. That's your
0: long lost college friend as far. Exactly. These are
1: another piece of advice I can give people who are looking for help is, you can tell when you talk to the person if they know what the heck they're talking about and they have your best interest in mind and not their own.
0: Like a lot of internet influencers, bloggers, podcasts they all have affiliate links to these loan consolidator things you don't know who to trust and that's why i, I always tell people build your own network of other people you trust organically not influencers not people with podcasts land their blogs and sure. then find the right consultants to work with and pay the consultant on an hourly basis or where they don't really have a, a skin in the game. Again, that's the whole problem right. with uh, financial planners, right? They're just up here to sell you stuff. Yeah. They don't know what they're doing. That's why they have a job.
1: That's what, exactly what I say about student loans. Same thing you just said. The reason I have a job is because the loan servicers are poorly trained and the reps would frankly rather be on Instagram than talking to you about your student loans. Yeah. And you can't talk to a bank. They don't know anything about it. Your school knows how to get you into debt. They don't know how to get you out. They don't really, they understand less than they realize, uh, especially financial aid. They're just clerks. Financial planners don't know anything about student loans or they've had a Diet Coke version of training of it, but they are not real experts on it. It leaves this niche open for me that just developed itself where I already had the background and I just put it into use to help people.
0: What about you help people on the back end once they get into student debt? What about like people with young kids or they're going to go away to college soon? getting the most student loans any advice there
1: it happens too because even though my speciality is in student loan repayment a lot of my clients are families and they'll have kids 15 to 25 years old and some of them are in debt some of them are going to college and some of them haven't gone yet and they'll have options to take out parent loans or the child needs to take out private loans That needs to be evaluated. When you're taking out student loans, for example, should I take out federal or private? What are you going to school for? How much money do you expect to make when you're finished with school? These things need to be taken into consideration. If you're going to be uh, a social worker, well, take out federal loans, you're probably going to qualify for the forgiveness. And you're also not going to make that much money. So, I promise you that private loan payment is going to hurt when you enter into repayment after school. Uh, on the flip side, if you only need a little bit of debt temporarily and you get a better interest rate and you plan on paying it off anyways, then private loans can make sense. But if you need parent loans, there are circumstances for that, that that actually makes more sense than other things. Those things, it's hard to give a general answer to that. Those things do need to be evaluated
0: so if any listeners out there you know have any best practices let me know or if they work with anybody this is how we we build the community with the right people not with big conglomerates who are really good at internet marketing but guys like Jan he geeks out on the stuff and he's making (laughs) a nice business out of it I'm sure you you enjoy doing this just like how These travel hackers love which credit cards to get, Mm -hmm. collecting points, how you redeem the points. That's cool how I built simple passive cash flow initially.
1: Yeah, I'm very passionate about it, mainly because people have so much anxiety about it. I often refer to myself as a student loan therapist because people call freaking out about their student loans. And at the end of the call, they always feel so much better about their options. And it's a nice feeling and it's great. And I feel like I'm one of the very few people on the planet who truly understands the micro and the macro picture surrounding student loans and how to apply it individually. I think it's a rare niche that I fell into. Like I said, I love it.
0: Reach out to Jan and uh, tell him you guys came from Simple Passive Cashflow. So you want to get your contact information or website information out there for people to reach out?
1: Yeah, sure. The best way to, to find me is just to go to student-loan-consultant.com, which is my website. If you Google student loan consultant, I'll be one of the top organic search results, Miller Student Loan Consulting. Once you're on my website, you can click to schedule an appointment, and then I will contact you at the appointment time, and I have tons of availability. And the best way to get started is always with the initial consultation. From there, we can evaluate to see in what ways I can help you
0: and what ways you can help yourself with the loans. And I'll be booking mines here to hopefully pay off that loan that my wife has. I, uh, I already have some thoughts about that
1: I, i'll save it for our call okay. just from what i've heard you say about it
0: all right everybody well thanks for listening please share this with your friends it really helps us grow the show more and if you guys are interested in the mastermind or go to simplepassacashflow.com slash journey and if you're looking to pick up the first few rental properties remote investing if you're non-accredited investors that's what the incubators for flow.com slash incubator and if we haven't chatted before, feel free to book a call. Is looking to get to know each other a little bit better. Alright, talk to you later, guys. Bye. This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change